Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land upon which we are recording. Ioni is in Los Angeles and would like to honor the Keech, Shumash, and Tongva people. And I'm in Hobart, Tasmania, and would like to acknowledge the Muinina people, the traditional owners of the land upon which we gather. Salad or Dolly, threw a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kinda gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than weather. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Greetings from Tassie. Greetings from LA, 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 A. How you doing without me? On the road again. Yeah, well this time it's shorter and... I feel okay. Well, that's good to hear. I've had an yeah. extremely eventful time so far, and I've withheld a lot of information from you, so I can tell you on the podcast. What? Well, just this little bits, exciting. little tidbits, but I just was, you know, I was like, let's okay. keep it fresh, baby. Let's keep the pod fresh, you know. So fresh and so clean. What's the point of a healthy marriage full of communication if it's not being recorded for a podcast? And if you don't have some mysterious secrets and exactly. some sort of interesting, you're you're endlessly interesting to me. Well, that's good to hear. I am um, with or without secrets. So you know, my last minute upgrade came through from Qantas. Yes, so because you had to get up right off the flight onto a stage. Yeah, basically, exactly. I flew in, connected through Sydney, but I had a nice little hang. the The Qantas Lounge, the Qantas Business Lounge at LAX is a hub of musician activity. I've had many <laughs> great, true, huh? oh, I've had so many great, I had a great couple hours there with Nick Valencia from The Strokes once. There's all, I feel like I've bumped into like Missy Higgins there, I've bumped into Veronica's, like it's just a place why where is, music. Oh, oh, why is that? I think musicians are always. Traveling because of tour. Yeah, nonstop Sydney, LA flight. So that was, and this time I hear, oi, Ben, and it's Declan from Amel and the Sniffers. So. Beautiful hair, Declan. What a beautiful head of hair. What a beautiful head of hair that Declan has. Now, he's a, incredibly Irish. Um, but With that name. Yeah, that yeah, and he looks Irish. Irish. He's got a little Irish chin and everything. But is, is luscious hair an Irish trait? Not necessarily. No, I didn't think so. I wonder where that came from. Because he's um, always got, it's not like a perm, has, but, you know. What culture has luscious hair? Does every culture have both luscious and not luscious? Yeah, maybe it's not, maybe it's not a ethnic it could be thing at all but um but yeah he's he's got and what about a little irish chin what is that what do you mean by that i don't know i guess just like a little like a little mini cleft kind of thing like just i feel like uh-huh. irish people's faces they're so cute so cute you know what i mean twinkle in the eye twinkle in the eye um he's been they've been working on the new Amel and the sniffers record which i'm very excited for I'm and it was so, so cool because you know they're kind of on top of the world at the moment he just said in the last record they made, it was during basically the lockdown and stuff in Melbourne. They had no options. And now they've just got so many options. Like everybody yeah. wants to work with them and they got a lot of a lot of opportunities. So my only advice was do not go for the French chateau just yet. 
I feel like save that for like that, fourth album, fifth album, because it's like okay. the point of no <laughs> Did return. Did he like that? Oh yeah, he loved it. He loved right. it. Right. Like oh, when that's hysterical. When all the options open up for bands, that's when they can push it a little bit too far, and you just go. It's the point of no return. You, be, you become unrelatable in decadence and luxury in a way that just launches you into a different stratosphere. Marina Guinness is a wonderful Irish woman and she has a house and she records, you know, bands there and she kind of looks after Shane McGowan. Yeah, but that's an Irish Irish countryside. It's totally different than French countryside. That's true. And and I'm I'm specifically talking about a chateau. A French chateau is, you know, exiling guys. Are we going to do that? Pardon? Are we gonna do, we have our own French chateau in LA? Yeah, I'd love to do this. I've mid-century, never done like an on location record. Let's do it. I know. I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't know what I would do. I would. Well, we can do on location podcast I like to be, recordings now. I like to be near the band. I'm with the band. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that's exciting. I feel maternal toward Declan. You do because these it's your some Irish other connection. Ones, well, you're Scottish, maybe, yeah. and also some of the other members look like you know. They're like kind of hardcore, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they like he looks sensitive, they look like he? <laughs> I don't need I don't need a mom right now. But I reckon he probably plays that to his advantage, like with the ladies. I don't know. I could. I'm totally his girlfriend. That up. No, that's not his girlfriend. You're thinking of Bryce, Bryce's girlfriend, the drummer. Oh, does Bryce also have a nice head of hair? Bryce is no, no, short, it's Declan. No, Bryce, Bryce had that okay, little Bryce, mini mullet. Mini mullet. You know. Okay, so his girlfriend I got along with very well. His girlfriend, I'm forgetting her name. She's Feral Hole sixty nine on Instagram. She's great. She's awesome. She's, they're really a great couple. They're just like, I love like a hot rock and roll couple who are just living it. And she was, she, I just really vibed with her. Yeah. She's super cool. Um, so so that was what's really, your, what's the news? I knew that story already. Okay. So I'm just, okay. Did so I this is it? it. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm going to jump around a little bit, but the craziest okay. thing that happened was yeah, I check into my hotel in Hobart, and like it's kind of a fancy hotel. It's called the Moss Hotel. It's like these old. You sent me a very fetching photo of you. Yeah, it's like cool... you can see behind me like these walls. It's sort of like converted. They're like wood, like the rocks. You know, it's like old, old buildings. And I walk into my room, and there is a lady. Sorry, that was Daphne Javits. You want to go on Do Not Disturb? Yeah, I, I did. I usually do, but I've been on, I'm like a doctor on hold right now. I've got a lot of calls that I need. Usually I never put my phone on, like open. My phone is always off. Yeah. I have a, a, a knee-jerk reaction from being in the, the, like going to theater shows or movies where I'm like, the fear of it, or meetings where the fear of it going off is like deadly. Yeah, phones are the new coughing in the theater. And so I like even in the house, but today I have a lot of I need to field not field I need to not field calls. Yeah, you're so working the phones. You're working the phones. It's okay. So anyway, I'm back to the drama calls. of this incident. I walk yes, into the room please. and there is a woman sitting on a chair. Oh my god, a ghost? <laughs> no, not a ghost. A <laughs> a beautiful uh, Japanese woman who in a hotel uniform. Taking a moment out from her job. You know what's insane? What? I was about to say Japanese. I'm not kidding. Really? I'm chewing ice. I'm not kidding. What flashed before my mind yes. was t- lost in translation for some okay. reason. And the actress that Bill Murray has an interaction Scarlett with. Scarlett Japanese. No, the Japanese woman. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That yeah, yeah, he yeah. has some sort of sexual situation yes. with. She flashed before my mind in 
a hotel room and you said Japanese. I mean, I don't believe we're in connected, baby. Things. We're connected. Until well, this was this happens. was not a sexual situation in as much as though <laughs> your mind does as much race. As you wanted? No, no, wanted no. Your mind just. You're like, is this a gift? Yeah, your mind like, races through like really? what is going on? Like, because she was just sitting in this chair, and it's interesting. It's got a little sheepskin on it. This chair. And she was just sitting there. And and first, actually, my first thought was, because they just said I'd been upgraded. So I thought, is this to yeah. do with me being a musician of some notoriety or something, that they have a greeter in the room? But then clearly <laughs> she hadn't, she was caught off guard, but she maintained her composure. And I said, hi. And she said, hi. And then she just got up and walked out. <laughs> How do you know she was Japanese? Well, all I know is there was another woman at the front desk who was Definitely Japanese. Like we had a conversation, and, oh, she, and is there a big Japanese population? I, in Australia, there's a fair. I I, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I'm wow. Pretty so good at she like um, so she worked at the hotel, and I think this was like one of the quieter rooms with a nice view at the window, and it was so her lunch break. I was checking in a little early, and she just. But it yeah. was such a composed. Like I imagine for myself, if I was taking advantage of a room that was empty, I'd be like pants off. I mean, I have my undies on, but I have what? at least shoes off. I'd be reclining on the bed. I'd be just like chilling oh, out. I thought you were going to say, I'd be <laughs> freaking out and like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'd be like apologizing. Oh, no, no, I'm saying, I'm saying before I got caught, I'm saying if I was going to, if I was going to chill in a afraid? room, huh? I'd be like her. I'd be ready to go in case. I guess so. She was just sitting poised in this chair and I just thought like, of how. You don't want to have to put your clothes on and like if someone came in. But at least shoes. I'd, I'd, I'd have kept my shoes off. To relax in, in a sort of workspace <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. where you think you might get caught. or I mean, I, I guess she didn't think so, but I wouldn't be like five steps away from getting out of no, there. No, there was such a lack of shame about it. But also she actually handled herself remarkably well in that she didn't admit she'd done anything weird or wrong. It was like we just like bumped into each other accidentally in a corridor or something. She was like, oh, excuse me, yeah. bye, and just left. No mention of it again, you know. Pretty cool, right? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that was pretty that interesting. Story. So that was, my, um, that was my welcome to Hobart. And then um, last <laughs> night at <laughs> my show, I, got a, I posted a little thing on Instagram saying I was in Hobart and playing Hobart and Bonceston on Sunday. And I got a DM from Grace Tame who is a brilliant Australian activist. You know her, I've got her book by my bed, you know, she, her memoir. Oh, yeah. She's um, she's a, a sexual abuse survivor and has become like the main advocate. Because for... she was really cool with that politician. She wasn't. Yeah, um, yeah, there was a photo like, of her and playing... Scott Morrison where she's giving him the side eye. But she's just one of these like incredible um heroic icons in Australia because she's super relatable too. Like as much as she's really brave and aggressively like going for legislative change and, you know, doing such incredible work. Also this photo came out of her as a teenager, like ripping a huge bong and it was kind of used <laughs> by the right to discredit her, but it just made her even more beloved in Australia. But she's so cool. And she came back, um, before my show to say oh, hi. And that's um so good. Yeah, it was really nice. And she uh she was telling, you know, she's autistic. And um and the show was like 
she was like, why are you playing Hobart on a Thursday night? There's not going to be many people here. And I was like, well, because I'm going to a wedding and Thursday night was the only night it could be. And she was like, well, I'm grateful it's a little light attendance because she gets overstimulated easily in a mm. big crowd. So, um, yeah. But it was really cool. I didn't realize she'd lived in LA, had been married and lived in Studio City when she was younger. She had like Uh-oh. a 21-year-old marriage like you. Oh, you know, not 21 years, no, but no, 21 no, but age. Tw- you were 21, right? Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that. Or just like how you ref- – because you've been talking about like reflecting on your first marriage and how no matter which way you look at it, it's just sort of too young. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, unless you're religious know, or something, to... it's like disturbing when someone gets married at 21 now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to forgive myself for messing it up. Oh my gosh. But yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, she's admirable because I am one of those people that if someone's behaving badly, I so, you know, care about what people think that I'm not brave at busting people, meaning like her side eye at Scott Morrison. Yeah. Or even there's that funny thing of people would, you know, it's hard for people to set boundaries if they're being abused sexually or if yeah. you, even if you're in a car and it's too cold in a taxi just telling the driver can you make it warmer it's like the fear of hurting someone's feelings get in the way but it's cool like yeah i just do you feel think like the I autism always... like helps with that in a way like the because you know sometimes yeah, people maybe. like they they don't regard social cues in the same way maybe, so maybe but then can... i was thinking her her being overwhelmed by crowds like i was thinking who isn't overwhelmed by crowds? But then I was thinking about raves and how some people like it. And I'm overwhelmed by crowds, except, I don't know, I guess if you like get into the energy of the whole group. Yeah, you can feed off it too. What I'm saying is I was looking to see if I had any neuro... Tip, neurodivin- non-neurotypical. <laughs> because if you have any neurotypical <laughs> things. Um, I, yeah, really. You know what I listened to also on the way out? I listened to the... um rick rubin interview with nick cave um mm. which on his tetragrammaton podcast which is i always pronounce it like that um which mm, i find I like often i for some reason i like i like the ian rogers interview we talked about that before but yeah, often i can't was great. handle the rick rubin interviews because they're sort of um i don't know there's a preciousness to them or something <laughs> like they're really long yeah, yeah, yeah. they're really long yeah. and they're really self-important in a way mm-hmm. that is sort mm-hmm. of like I think Rick Rubin's specialty, yeah, um, like l- honoring love, people for love, you know. I'll I'll always I'm a stan for Rick Rubin, but yeah, I yeah, also yeah. see the I get the critiques. Yeah, yeah, totally. But it was really interesting. But, I mean, know. just hearing Nick Cave talk about the evolution of his uh, performance style, it just reminded me because he was talks a lot about it was always about feeding off the crowd for him. Like it was never about just getting lost in the music. It was always about this. He's like, it was always about the audience. In in the early days in the birthday party, it was like a hatred of the audience. And now it's like a love of them, but still it was always centered on his interaction with them. He's like a deadhead. I mean, he's like Jerry Garcia. (laughs) Yeah, he is in a way. Yeah. But Jerry Garcia was so into also not being like a a a, you know, rock star. Yeah, having like a communal experience. Communal experience. But you know what surprised me? How much Nick Cave giggled in this interview. Like oh, he giggled cute. all the way through it. It reminded me of, do you know really? how certain people's laughs can remind you of other people's laughs? His laugh, his giggle reminded me of Daniel Conn, Connie from Noise Addict. Aww. 
Aww, he just had Connie. this kind of like, <laughs> like he kind of like giggled about so many things. And it That's was a great. nice chink in the armor of like his seriousness. Have I ever met Connie? Daniel Kahn. I don't think so. Yeah. Is he redheaded? Yeah, he's redheaded. You've seen pictures. Every band a has to have kid. a redheaded stepchild. Yeah, New Zealander. He redheaded was New Zealander. Such a Kiwi. So yeah, anyway, it was kind of it was kind of fun. I, like I sort of feel like I learned a little bit more. And being a boy with him. red hair, sorry, can we go on about redheads? Please, I'd love to. Bo- girls, you know, people have a thing for boys. It's harder. Totally. He pulled it off. He, he pulled it off. He pulled it up and became an <laughs> unwitting sex symbol. Sex symbol. Do you know who just got married again, or who's getting married again? Karen is Elson. This speaking of redheads? Yes. Oh, yeah. It is speaking of Did redheads. Did you see that? Karen. She's marrying. Elson. I don't know who it is, the guy who runs Electric Ladyland Studios. Supermodel. She was Supermodel. married to not Jack Black. Close, though. Um, shit. Come on. If uh, you got to Jack Black, Black, you can surely get to Okay, I name. can do it. Now I'm feeling that pressure. Do you want to um, know the band he was in? He is in? Was I know, in? the White Stripes. Okay. So Jack something Black from Jack. the White <laughs> Jack something from the White Stripes. <laughs> Jack. Meh, I don't remember. Jack White. Jack White yeah, yeah. from the White Stripes. <laughs> and his sister wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meg White, yeah. What's her? Meg. M- M- Emily White? No, Meg. Meg, Meg White. Meg. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Great band. Um, yeah, so yeah, she's a beautiful redhead. And you know, I had one, once I was hanging out with Gwyneth Paltrow a long time ago, not I had one. What was I saying? I had one for. I don't know. Um, she had a coffee table book of redheads. Yeah, and she and her best friend at the time, they were laughing at this book, saying, "Aren't redheads just gross? That's why we have this book." Like such mean girls. So wait, they bought the book specifically to make fun of it. I guess something about it. They had. She had a coffee table book, and. She said that she that something about redheads being gross. Weird use of the consumer dollar. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm reading the uh, Taylor Lorenz book, um, Extremely Online, about the history of social media and how it's basically changed culture. And it's yeah. so interesting. It begins with like the first, you know, that New York, I forget what it was called. It was like those New York socialite rankings into like the beginnings of YouTube and Friendster. Oh, right. The the um, Mrs. Astor's book, um, the socialite book in New York in the 1800s. Not, not Social Register. No, this is called like socialite rankings or something. It was the one that first started, you know, putting that Olivia Palermo against um, Tinsley Mortimer and all those kind of things. But um, it was, it's, it, I was very nostalgic reading about like the beginnings of YouTube and the beginnings of, and I just wondered like what your sort of what your earliest internet memories were. 
I remember being with Amanda Decadene, and this was in the 90s, and she had a computer, and there were chat rooms. And I remember she and I, she and I started, she was into it, like talking to people in the chat room. And I remember it didn't capture my imagination as much as it caught hers, but it was the first chat rooms online. And then I remember thinking, no one's going to watch TV or movies online. And I remember using my brother's Blackberry one day and I didn't have one yet. And I got like addicted even to his one, just talking to his friends who were our mutual friends. And, um, and what about yeah, YouTube? I, YouTube, didn't you have some? Oh, you, the, I just remember a, the first yeah. thing. I remember my friend calling up and saying, have you heard of YouTube? And I misunderstood the word. And I thought it was like U2, like the band. <laughs> and then I was looking it up and I was like, what is this? It's U2. I don't know. And then he said, I just looked up Dusty Springfield singing Son of a Preacher Man. It's fabulous. And then I looked it up and watched Dusty Springfield singing Son of the Preacher Man. And I was like, and then I, I think YouTube, I was quite hooked. And that, I didn't realize that um, Lonely Island song, oh. Lazy Sunday, that was the first viral yeah. video on YouTube ever. Remember that I one? Know it was that like song. an SNL short where they're like just a walking around the village and like doing like going to get a Magnolia bakery and all. Anyway, it was one of oh, those. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah, no, you know what? I'm re I'm going to retract that last statement I made. Please, but I retract. love what you said, even though I wasn't <laughs> focusing on what you're saying. <laughs> and I didn't I know actually, the reference. I didn't care particularly. Yeah, I like what I love. It made me hungry for <laughs> cupcakes at Magnolia <laughs> Bakery. Um, I. Uh, remember, I Justin Kirk, actor extraordinaire, would I was hanging with him at one point, and he would first thing in the morning go on the computer, and I was so jealous because I was like, "What are you looking up?" Like I wanted to know how to get connect. I wanted to be hooked. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I never know what to look up, and he was like, "Stupid!" Like I look up entertainment news, I look up like you know gossip. I'm not. It's nothing you need to. You know, it's not. But you admirable. spotted an addiction, and you were like, "I want." But that I addiction. wanted it. Yes, I felt similarly I mean, with when I heard people. This is probably like, you know, five to ten years ago. I started hearing people talking about their life online being as potent or as dynamic as their life offline. I remember thinking, "Wow, for me, it isn't. For me, it's like." posting pictures and typing some words from my life. And I was realizing how there was this sort of collective addiction forming, but also like a collective alternate reality that was like, right. Like I, I, it was like, I wanted to go to the party and see what was happening at the party. And it's funny. Cause I think now like often artists or people say to me, Oh, you're good at the internet. And I was like, yeah, but it was like a willing choice to learn a language and a, a means of communication that, I was interested in that. I heard people. I don't know. Similarly, I heard people expressing. Well, it's their nice. You, you know, you were a bit conscious about it. Um, I not anymore, um, baby. Not anymore. <laughs> I know. Now we're swept into it. But I, I um, have you listened to the daily? Which one? about the one about trying uh, sort of the rules of kids? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did about about trying to use the big tobacco uh, yeah, laws to deal them. with yeah socials. Yeah. What do you think about that? I don't know. I just think feel like like anything, there's really good sides to it and not good sides, obviously. But it's um yeah, it's yeah, it's tricky. I 
I always like to look at. I always like try to not get alarmed. I know. I do feel like so, generationally there, there is. is this alarmism that is might be missing the point. I, I don't a hundred percent can't say that for sure. Like I'm not like a futurist who thinks we need to just step into the matrix and be on leading these virtual lives exclusively. But I'm I do think there is a my, you're perfect. What do you mean? I'm perfect with my online use. You like it, yeah. No, I just think I use it to connect and I use it creatively and I really find joy in seeing people's minds, humor, and art on Instagram. And I find I like it's communal for me. I, I'm small. Like the way I used to live in New York, where I lived, I always was like stayed in my four blocks mainly. And then I would, of course, venture uptown or downtown or whatever. I was downtown, but you know, I kind of keep a kind of village life wherever I am, even if I'm in a major city. And I do that with the computer. I like, you know, I sort of just keep in my own little circle for better or worse. Totally. And it's like nice. And I've, and on, I don't have TikTok, but with the reels, it's all babies and puppies. I mean, that's also can be dark, I guess, but it's not babies and puppies. It's also just like weird humor and da da da. I, but saw, I saw something on dark. Twitter that reminded me of us. It was um, a tweet from someone called Victoria Paris who said, I'm a firm believer that only one person in a relationship can be annoying on the internet. The other has to be a mysterious minimal poster. And I thought that you are mm-hmm. a mysterious minimal poster and I'm annoying. Right. On the <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love yours. I'm always reposting yours. Yeah, I love like paintings I look at, cooking, interiors, you know, I don't know. It's all things that make me feel better because I'm scared AF. The world is terrifying. I know. Life is fucking hard, not even for someone like me. And I just don't want to be freaked out. I want to be like cozy and happy and and inspired, you know? Can I get a little internet advice from you? Yeah. Okay. So do you know who Tim Minchin is? Oh, wait. That name is familiar. He's an Australian composer. He wrote Matilda, the musical. Oh, yes. He's good. Really good. Really good songwriter. Very. Anyway, he had a song like 20 years ago that said something in it, had a lyric in it that said, I don't mind Ben Folds, but I can't stand Ben Lee or something. (gasps) It was just like a, I don't know, whatever it was. was Anyway. I hate him. (laughs) So I've always had been, uh, you know, I play, I perform songs that are like anti-Ben Lee songs live. So I actually, in principle, can easily get past them. But sure. they do require a like a navigation of okay, how are we going to reframe this and move on? And we have mutual friends with him, right? Like um, yeah. Flick and Kieran are friends with him, and I think Sarah Flick. and Trent. You know, there's like a few people that are friends with him, but mm. I've never crossed paths with him. Um, right. So on this post I did on Instagram yesterday, um, saying I was playing Hobart, he just commented two hours ago, "Ooh, and I'm playing Hobart tonight." with like a smiley face. Now, he doesn't follow me. I don't follow him. How I proceed will be oh the healing process here or not. Oh, my and God. And I don't know. I've left it unliked. I haven't commented anything. <laughs> because I'm fine to bury the hatchet, but usually it involves, like me and Daniel Johns from Silverchair. Like there was a point where I went up to him and I said, Sorry, man, I was talking shit about you when I was in Noise Addict and like that was all me, basically. And then we just moved past it. 
I can easily right. get past things with people, but it does involve usually some acknowledgement of it. And I'm just not sure. You know, it's like, cause you want to be, I want to be the bigger person, but I also How long like ago did he get annoyed? I don't even know if he got annoyed. It might have been the lyric rhymed. It was literally like 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. Well, I mean, you do like, you do have that. I know. We've discussed my punchable face. Yeah. (laughs) Not your punchable face. But do I, should I like this post or should I write something or should I, you know, if he'd followed me, that would have been a real bearing the hatchet. No, he's not striking. No, no. I think he's being sweet. Oh, that's cute. Um, I think he was coming. I, I don't know why he's looking at my, why he's even looking at my Instagram. I'm sure he said that so long ago, right? That was like. I know, but what do you think? Matilda. So what do I do? Give me some advice. How, what is I the mean, diplomatic he, but dignified way of proceeding into the future? So you're. I'm literally going to do, gonna do rem- whatever you tell me to do right now. Did he remember? Do you think he remembers saying that about you? I mean, it's one of his lyrics. Like I, I've pretty much like I once had a lyric where I sort of made fun of um, 80s sitcoms, right? And like I mentioned, yeah. Punky Brewster in it. And when I've seen, when I like, we would see Soleil Moonfry around because she's in LA and we have mutual friends. I'd feel bad about that. Like she probably never Did you heard ever the song. Approach it. Mm. No, she's probably never right. even heard it. I was oh, seventeen okay. when I wrote it, but I've always felt yeah, oh, yeah. a bit awkward about it. So you know, it is like so a. So you want is you feel you have to say something? No, I just if I just like if I just like heart that comment, I'm just kind of moving on, taking the high road. But yeah. I'm not following him or anything. I'm just kind of <laughs> I'm just talking about like uh, politics of Instagram here. What's the right thing yeah, to do? Yeah, I would I I think harding it and moving on okay. is the right thing. Do it right is it now. as fun? I'm do it right now. Do it. Tim Minchin. Ooh, and I'm playing Hobart tonight. Smiley face. Heart. Done. Let's see where that goes. Balls in your court, Tim Minchin. Your move, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> what is that song? We're repulsive children. No, what's the song? Horrid. Uh, no, uh, naughty. A little bit. Naughty. Yeah, right? and then there's one about being like repugnant, or there's an R word for anyway. I know Kate went deep with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, musical. Um, yeah, okay, thank you I for mean, that. You just guided me. What else? You guided okay, me. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I mean, I'll keep you posted. Thing. I'll this keep the beautiful heart. babies posted on what happens if me and Kill him with I kind. I would like to just like I, bury it and have a beer with him or something, but I do like it when it's funny. Once I had an incident with um someone i'm trying to figure out how to tell this story without incriminating anybody in anything but but i sort of had a bit of an argument with someone and then i i bumped into them at the um sunset marquee and i went to start talking about it and they just put their arm on back and said don't worry let's not talk about it and then we just had fun Aww. the rest of the night but even that like a little acknowledgement is part of the sometimes yeah. the way you just move on you know um, listen you did it for all of us like what was that um, Arthur Miller thing about things have to be a little embarrassing on the board, on the line? On yeah, the, for artists, on the, artists to take risks. Yeah, and it's like, you know, you're you're an um, upsetter. Like a lot of punks say they're upsetters, but you really d- was up, you were upsetting. That's what I like people. about people like Grace Tame. <laughs> like last night I was thinking like yeah. how, wow, that is just an just a human being who at the end of the day, is following her own kind of impulse or intuition about what the right thing to do is. 
And she's yeah. taken a lot of heat. She's been much more noble than I have. My battles have all been artistic or cultural battles. They've not been exactly about injustice. But still, there's something about moving to the rhythm of your own drama. You're still here. You know that song? I'm, dude, of course. Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. So, I mean, Best also it's like edge. it's when you do come through of all these phases and you're like thriving and living and still doing it, it's just – you know, you're in the public eye, like your work and your life is going to be public. And when you survive and, you know, it's just so, it's really exciting. It's I, very moving. I started watching. To have had, oh. you know, <laughs> things like that. Sorry, sorry. That's okay. It's okay. I'm just like, I'm, I don't, I'm, it's, not, it's not that moving for people. I think now my 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 travails in the public. Um, maybe it is. It's interesting <laughs> for me that I'm so afraid of what people think. And it's interesting that I married someone who, is very provocative. Yeah. But I also, I and care so, a lot what people think too. I think that's part of why, I think when you are someone who wants to get a reaction out of people, you actually deeply care what people think. Why? What is that? like? Well, you want them to pay attention to you. Right. You know, Any attention is good attention? Maybe, something like that. But I was thinking, it's also could be, that, like, I remember Frank Inglesi, no, Puglazy, <laughs> the writer of Avenue U Boys, and yeah. he dated Madonna for a second, but he also dated Marissa Tomei for longer than a second. And he said to me, I'm dating someone who's kind of feisty and spicy, and it's because I don't allow myself to be that way. Yeah, I hear so you, you. So I think I'm dating you, like you're very bold with your creativity, and I want to be cool. I know, and I'm, I'm just like I'm so dating, concerned with I'm being I'm dating cool. you. Um, I like that we're dating in this uh, allegory. Oh. Um, I'm dating you who <laughs> but you're is dating just a composed, elegant. so maternal too and so caring and doesn't want to upset anyone. I wanted to tell you though, I started watching this Netflix doco that you should watch and we can talk about that's a Duplass Brothers stamp, um, but it's Australian. It's called Last Stop Larimer and it's about a uh -huh. town that is literally like um, Wake and Fright. Like oh. it's about this town of 11 people and there's a murder Whoa. in it. Ooh, uh, it is. It's it. pretty wild. It's pretty wild. So watch it, and we can chat about it next week, maybe. Anyone hasn't seen Wake and Fright? You should amazing see Australian uh, film. I also put something psychological together. Ooh, which is tell me more. So obvious. Yeah. So obvious. Why do I like a meshment? What made me think this is I was driving and I was thinking about, um. Lone wolves. I was thinking about a friend of ours who had a sickness, like a kidney thing. Fine, she's fine, but she went very. Oh no! I was thinking also about um, uh, Morgan Murphy. Is this is this some... the sickness you're talking about? She no, had a well, brain. She had thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. she was kind of like lone wolfed it. She kind of like was. I was thinking, what a brave cookie. You know, she's fine. Yeah. Thank the Lord. But she's like, she just like kind of did it on her own. And people's almost had to come like help. They were like, wait, let me help you hook you up, whatever. But she was like so brave. And I was thinking about lone wolves, people who are like, can do that. And I'm like, oh, I'm the opposite. I <laughs> You're a pack wolf. You're a pack wolf. With like one, a wolf <laughs> of one, with one person, den, two, den two people. A den wolf. Speaking and, of two um, people packs. I'd like to just take a moment and tell the beautiful babies about Sousa, which is coming out today. 
Okay, but I'm very. Oh, not sorry, done sorry. With my I thought story. you were done. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> it's like keep hasn't even begun. Oh, God. Okay. It hasn't even begun. This is the psychological thing I put together. Okay, I thought you just said it. You just said you realize you are like a not a lone wolf. But why? Oh, why? Tell me. And it's so obvious. Okay. Because me and my mom were like super enmeshed. Ah. Uh, and I'm like, just that's my comfort. Gotcha. I hear that. You were right? almost done. There was just one more thought. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but isn't but it was that the like main the main part? It was the main part. Yeah. But isn't that the most obvious thing that I never put together? Yeah. Well, you guys were a little tribe that survived together through sticking really closely together. And you, yeah, I don't know if you had that, but I don't know. Don't you think that that's why I'm like into it still? Could be. It could be. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah, not yeah, that. Yeah. So listen. No, totally. Yeah. The most exciting part of this podcast is what you were about to say. Oh, yeah. So we are launching today. A new Drum roll, podcast series called Subtle Urban Sex Appeal. Now, we've actually put this into the weird Susa. We've put this into the weirder together feed. So if you subscribe to this pod, this episode will the, the, their first episode will show up, but then for future episodes you can find it and subscribe. But it is we are so excited about it. Is Safi Halan Farah and Malik Saka. And it is two friends, two, as Poog says, two wild, untamable intellects. Um, but they yes. are so funny and so insightful together. And it feels kind of weirdly like, I don't know, I think between the two of them, it feels like culturally important, like what they're saying. Like, I just yeah. feel like they're sharing thoughts that I'm not hearing anywhere else. And yeah. I'm so excited about it. Listen, we may not be hearing these thoughts and some, like they're of a different generation and a different sort of <laughs> and Safi thought it was sense. funny that we thought she, you thought she was early 20s. She's not in her early no, 20s, no, no, no. but I don't know why I said it. But yeah. I mean, I thought maybe, but they're, so if it's like, I feel like so honored to be able to, I just love listening to this podcast so much. It's so fun. And some people are going to just be like, feel so seen and so excited. And then for you and me and other people who are going to listen to it are going to just feel so excited because it's like, you're going to like get an insight to something that you sort of know and sort of don't, but in the funnest, delightful, it's just like the best. And for sure, like our listeners are mainly like older millennials, Gen X, you know, so there's a lot of cultural references that they're not super glued to the internet and everything they might miss. But I would just say, listen to this episode. And it really is, it's just about the way these two minds connect. Yeah. It really doesn't matter really if there are beautiful. a couple references. If yeah. yeah. It's so beautiful. And if they're references, you don't get it sort of like, it's so like, you don't care because you get it anyway. And it's just so. It's so, electric. It's like really electric. electric. And it's, you know, when we started putting out other people's stuff on Weirder Together, it was just always about being open to these types of experiences of like fostering. Like Safi, we've been talking about doing a project with for years now, three years. Yeah. And it's finally mm. the right thing. And it's so right. And it just really embodies I don't know, kind of everything we've been trying to build. So please check it out. Yeah. It's in your feed, Subtle Urban Sex Appeal. If you dig it, subscribe to it, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Malik, however you listen. my new other best friend. Yeah, and they're both also brilliant on social media in general. So um, yeah. track them down, follow yeah, them. Yeah, so um, be there or be square. Totally. And um, 
yeah, I'm going to drive to Launceston today and begin the wedding festivities. It's like two hours. Launceston. I'm I'm so intrigued with that name. Yeah. I'm intrigued by you. <laughs> Me too. All righty. Well. All right, beautiful babies. Um, have a listen and to the to Susa subtle urban sex appeal <laughs> and sing the body electric with us. Love you, beautiful babies. Together we're we'll weirder, we're we'll weirder together. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.